Hello, everybody, and welcome to the News Paste podcast with me, Johnny Vedmore. I'm here today with a man named Matt. Uh, he is found on Twitter under at Weekly Rich, which is uh, Rich People Weekly, and uh, we communicate a lot online. And I've noticed that recently he started writing, um, and he opened a, a, a new Substack, uh, Unflesh Substack, which you can find at Bella Orphan. So that's B E L L E R O R P H O N dot Substack dot com. And his first article is on uh, the widespread or called the widespread gene therapy problem. And today we're going to talk about godlike technologies, mRNA based therapeutics, as I call them. Now I've, I've coined that term therapeutics uh, and uh, humanity's future and basically everything that we've experienced over the past few years. So, Matt, thank you for joining me today. How are you? Oh, thank you. Good. Tired, yeah. but good. Yeah. So where are you located for the people at home? Uh West Coast, California. Ooh. So, and and yeah. we, we, some, we, what were you before you started doing deciding I'm gonna go and I'm gonna write an article? What were you doing for your life? What was the, what was your main occupation? I, I'm uh an electrician actually. All right. I've known a few <laughs> electricians in my time and yeah. uh special breed that's what i say yeah we are yeah (laughs) (laughs) no but uh that that's one place where you want to be during the uh the 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 uh exponential growth towards a tech revolution you want to be supplying everybody with the electricity i suppose that keeps keeps the lights on as they say nice pun there yeah most most people are scared of it so i guess there's lucky uh being dumb sometimes (laughs) so so uh, so how many years have you got on you how old are you now uh just turned 40 oh so a youngster (laughs) i I just literally literally yesterday was my birthday so i was 43 and uh yeah yeah middle age i'm so glad i'm not young anymore it's a really good time (laughs) and i can't even imagine what the past few years would have been like if we had been young can you imagine uh Uh, yeah i mean what a nightmare (laughs) <laughs> what what was your experience uh when things like when when you i mean for me i go back to the start of covid and the start of the pandemic and i uh knew something was happening earlier than most people because of my job because i'm watching what i'm doing i communicate with other independent journalists there's loads of talk about uh, uh, serious talk as well about virus coming out of China and all of this. And I, uh, for, for, for weeks before they started to announce that lockdowns were going to happen, I was warning friends, seeing really close friends and saying, listen, something big is going to happen this time and they're going to lock down society and won't let you out of your house. And people were saying to me, uh, some people were going on oh, who know me very well were going, Oh wow! Okay, all right. We'll 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 do a couple of things. But most people were saying to me, "Yeah, you're mad." And I was working on a hotel desk, so I was seeing loads of people in the hotel, and I was telling them there's something big coming. And it seemed like it was like a, a, a matter of a couple of days where it changed from it all being normal and people not realizing what was about to happen to suddenly it happening all of a sudden and. You, you we, we two weeks to flatten the curve they said in britain you know we've got to stay in the home for two weeks what was yeah. that experience like for you at the start 
So uh, I had already been uh, tuned in a lot of alternative media. Uh, Last American Vagabond was one of the bigger ones uh, that was uh, I was getting information from. Uh, but when March rolled around, uh, I want to say it was March 11th, March 12th, somewhere around there, uh, 2020, uh, you know, the lockdown started rolling out. And my, uh, even though I was in California, the job that I had was considered, uh, I mean, the, the company rolled right in and said, we're not closing. They had their lawyers same day. And they said, well, we're not closing. So a lot of the uh, the bigger manufacturing was able to go and do that. And so I, I, I never stopped working. Um, I have a family. So obviously there was concern as to what to do there, um, as well as um, my, my uh, partner is, has a condition that could make her more vulnerable. So we... Um, I did everything I could to figure out uh, how to keep my family safe uh, just in general. And I was at the time I was more worried about uh, government response than anything. And so it was, you know, load up with food, make sure everything's uh, safe in the house, make sure uh, you're good with your neighbors and your friends, things like that. Uh, As far as the virus went, um, or whatever people want to call it. I don't really care if anyone calls it virus or terrain, any of that stuff. Um, as far as that was concerned, uh, I had seen enough to know that it was going to be worse than the flu for some people, you know, better than the flu for some people. Uh, but at that time, I, you know, you just assume it's similar to SARS, the old one, you know, it'll probably come and go. Uh, and I had been wearing, I, I go into clean rooms at work and that's where you put on these big bunny suits and you have masks on and stuff like that. So wearing a mask for eight hours wasn't that big of a change for me. Uh, but it, it mattered when I with my kid. So when I was at work, I used one of those CO2 monitors myself. Uh, and man, that's, that spikes right up. So you're just you're just breathing it back in back and forth all day besides, mm-hmm. you know, getting gunk all over it, which is why widespread mask use doesn't really work because people don't use them correctly. Uh, and you'd have to have a really, really good mask and really, really good uh, discipline to well, have even I, a chance at effect on that one. Yeah. Well, one so, of the things I say, keep, keep that train of thought where you are. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but, but the masks, the N95 masks that were invented in 1911 by Dr. Wu in China to, uh, <laughs> stop the Manchurian pandemic, which was terrible and, and went through, aren't really the most protective. When I, when the pandemic first hit out, I, I looked for, um, the science behind masks to understand what I'd need to buy. Cause I really thought I'm going to buy one. Um, and I realized it was these crazy look like gas masks 120 pound or 150 dollars sort of job was like the closest one and you'd have to replace the filters all of the time and i decided that sounded like a little bit nonsense and you and and this this 
Yeah, you're a man with a ginger yeah, beard. Yeah, yeah, well, a lot of people of, yeah. will be listening to this on the podcast <laughs> and won't won't know that yeah, you yeah. have such a large ginger beard, one bigger than mine. Because in actual fact, even though my my beard on on this camera that I'm looking at looks like it's light brownish, it's actually once it hits the sun, it goes bright ginger, and yeah. and my hair's brown and my 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 beard's ginger. I understand. So, Good so company, yeah. yeah, that's <laughs> what happens with COVID. Apparently, you know, COVID comes, you get ginger beard. That's what. That's, that's, <laughs> One of, the, one of the many things. So go on, sorry, sorry. You were you were saying the mass uh, the widespread mass usage didn't really work. Yeah, yeah. Uh so uh at that point I would I said my kid's not wearing one. We're we're not doing any of that. I don't I don't care. I mean, you go to the stores over here once uh once you stop wearing a mask and everybody else is wearing a mask, I tell you that's there's some there's some psychological stuff that's going oh, on on that one. Yeah. Certainly, the odd person out. Very, very uh, specific. uh, uh, I guess mental. uh, I, I, I've got to, I've got to say, when I, when I was, when the pandemic started, I was working in a reception desk of a two-star hotel. Uh, It was fifty-two bedrooms, so it's one person on a shift. So I'm on my own, and sometimes it's busy, and sometimes I was able to write articles and do stuff behind the desk and uh and when people started wearing a mask at first my first two weeks was like okay i'm gonna wear a mask um and then i'm gonna research and like i say i got to understanding that it was like c19 masks or whatever they are were the only ones that were were viable and i didn't want to go around looking like wearing a gas mask for something that probably wasn't going to hit me hard but in the same way, I'd smoked for uh, 25 years by that point, uh, cigarettes. I've given up cigarettes. Yeah. I gave up cigarettes, actually, um, two months into COVID, three months into COVID. I gave up cigarettes, which was um, maybe it was a bit more, but still. Um, that was partially because I, uh, <laughs> working on the reception desk, all of the normal guests no longer came in when lockdown happened. And instead, yep. what you had was all of the emergency workers who uh, came in. I say emergency workers, it was people who got special permission. And um, delivery people were still delivering, of course, by apps and stuff, food and the like mm-hmm. to the hotel, because the hotel I worked in, it was, uh, like I say, a bit dumpy, so it didn't have uh, any food there. I had a garage across the road where you could buy some sandwiches. And I was on the front desk, and a takeaway driver came in, and he asked me for uh, the, the, to call the guy in the room, give the guy a call. Uh, and then um, I, I had my mask down. I don't, I'd still been wearing it at that point. Or I was wearing it in the hotel. I had that like mentality that a lot of people have, which is I'm doing it for the guests or I'm doing it for the other people and all of this, you know. And it's nice. It's a nice. It gives you a comforting feeling of virtue. Um, and I remember I pulled down my my mask. To, I think it was to speak to him. Um, and he sneezed right in my mouth. I mean, literally, it was the first time in possibly my whole life that someone sneezed directly into my mouth. And I was just like, I I went, definitely went off at him um, for a little bit. Got very angry with the guy for sneezing in my mouth. And eventually he wandered off, apologized, wandered off. And the next day, uh, or a couple of days later, I was sick with, obviously with COVID, I knew it was COVID because it was different than it felt a tiny bit different 
than it was and this is why when when i know there's people who don't believe in germ theory and stuff but the guy sneezed in my mouth and then i got sick the next day and it was just like for me it was just a bit it's happened a couple of times in my life where you know i know i'm going to get ill from someone um but because i had smoked for 25 years the feeling was like the first strain whatever hit first the stuff that got out of the lab first the very early strain it was a kicker it hurt like my lungs mm. hurt like hell and i like i say smoked for 25 years like a trooper uh like eight nine spliffs a day with tobacco and etc all through for, for years and years and years so my lungs were completely and utterly wrecked i felt uh terrible awful um and i thought i was gonna die because of all of the brainwashing that was going on at the time and i remember i i actually am i recorded it so somewhere there's on one of my devices is actually a recording of me in my in the bath coughing like oh like (laughs) dying but it was still and all of the fear was there but it was still just a really bad cough and i got over it and then i felt like okay this is this is some bull crap but i still feel like it could be bad for really old people so i yeah, would absolutely. go and apply for working in the hospital i lived across the road from the heath hospital and the heath hospital is the biggest hospital in cardiff it's a university hospital and they were making out on the tv that they needed staff and they were desperate for staff and they were opening up all these centers and i was like i'm not sure what the game is but I, I, I want to go and apply. And I looked and I realized that they weren't employing anybody. They weren't bringing anybody in. That the hospitals were completely empty and you couldn't go into the hospitals anymore. And that was the first sign to me um, that there was uh, something afoot that was just not normal. And I'm really savvy with the independent media. So what was your, what was your first sign that something was wrong? What was your really first sign? Uh, well, so, uh, I find it funny that, you, sorry, I find it funny. <laughs> Did you know that if, uh, I believe there's a receptor, uh, blocking action. If you're, if you're actually taking nicotine in. Oh, really? Yeah. So you might yeah. have been better off if you. Uh, yeah. Smoke. Maybe. Yeah. 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 <laughs> there, there, there is a possibility I, I of that. that was very strange. A lot yeah. of chemicals in, uh, <laughs> in tobacco. I can promise you yeah, that, yeah. but, uh, I survived. So, I'm still here today. Yeah. No, it's, it's, um, I've gotten it, uh, twice now or something similar to it, mm-hmm. whatever it is. Um, uh, I, I don't get sick often. Uh, but this was, um, I had, uh, experimented with uh nano silver this time this uh basically silver is one of the better antimicrobials that humans have ever had we've had we've been using it for thousands of years you know we put it in babies' eyes when they're born uh and uh there you know that's i, I have a young child so uh sometimes you, you get pink eye i've gotten pink eye twice i've used the silver drops in my eye gotten rid of it both times and just when you're putting silver in your eye, sometimes you're thinking, "Am I am I nutcase?" But yeah, it worked. It worked great. And team um, for everything, I think. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, and and but what happened was uh, there was a there was a doctor. I don't even know if he's a doctor. He's probably not even a doctor. 
Doctor, uh, he called himself Dr. Gordon Pedersen or something like that. And in the beginning, he was saying, uh, this, you know, nano silver might help. And he was uh, selling third party nano silver products on his website, things like that. And that was probably April 2020. And the FDA, you know, made sure that his website and his YouTube channel were wiped, gone. Mm-hmm. And he was he was in a lawsuit immediately. And I said, "What the fuck is going on here?" You know, that's that. That's channel impossibilities, uh, taking away options, isn't it? So that people absolutely. are forced into the funnel, forced in. And this is what mm-hmm. I, I I feel about this. I, I mean, our whole society, the way they manipulate us is by making a funnel we have to go through in uh, society to be able to, so mm-hmm. they can be able to manipulate us. And this was a perfect one. Absolutely. And, th- and that's one of the reasons I was bringing up um, Ivan Illich's work, uh, Medical Nemesis. Uh, I came across that only last year, and it is, uh, man, that guy was spot on. The fear of death and uh, the use of that medical system to uh, turn us into basically children, scared children that are willing to do, you know, jump through whatever hoops, even how nonsense they, we know that they are, uh, it would bring about uh, a kind of a balancing, you know, there would, there would be something that comes back the other way. So you either give in to all the fear and you suffer the pain of that balancing, uh, or you balance it yourself. And that's more of what I chose to do. Uh, we should, we have a cabinet full of pictures and, uh, things like wormwood, uh, mm-hmm. If you go into uh, tried think, and tested remedies yeah, yeah, yeah. for all Absolutely. one's ills, yeah. indeed, one hundred percent. And and these things have gotten us through uh, uh, many different things, uh, just normal sicknesses, uh, you know. But when they started shutting things down uh, and saying you can't talk about certain things immediately it was red flags yeah. so april 2020 i was saying oh we're this isn't just a virus this is this is something beyond that there yeah. are obviously a power grab going on um wasn't sure how far they were going to take it at that point but uh the i believe i came across ivermectin in may that year when uh I think trial site news was the first site that I saw it on. And they had a scientist down in Australia. I can't remember the name of the, uh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a little tired right now, but no, no, <laughs> I can't remember right. the name of the university. Uh, but he had tested ivermectin and, and they said, Oh, well it takes 5,000 times the amount of blah, blah, blah. And, uh, I wouldn't be, I be kept, surprised just, if that's some of Edward C. Holmes' team, and they—I'm not sure if he's at Melbourne or somewhere like that. Um, but but there was a Monash, lot of that. Monash. Oh right, okay. Sorry, that there was you it. go. Hey. <laughs> Beautiful. Said that. Uh, but uh, so they uh, they had kept running with that, and I believe some uh, a doctor named Jackie Stone had done a combination of ivermectin with 
uh, uh, silver, uh, nebulized silver treatment. So you'd breathe it in. And uh, that came later. And she got put in jail for, for treating people effectively. I believe her name is Jackie Stone. Uh, I mean, but, that's some sexy Nazism, that is. <laughs> yeah, she, I think she's in Zimbabwe. I might be wrong on that. But uh, she was put in jail for that. And, and uh, man, it's, it's, it's unbelievable, isn't ever it? Since. Uh, yeah, I mean, I got, I, I got my first Twitter ban was uh, for saying, you know, why aren't you funding these drugs? Mm -hmm. Because you know, you funded remdesivir, you know, eighteen eight uh, is eighteen twenty times now. All that government funding went straight into that drug. It's a piece of shit. It never worked, and and showed it was deadlier in that Ebola trial mm -hmm. than just not taking anything at all. So when I saw that uh, funding bias, I just kept paying attention and then I kept hammering uh, the government accounts, NIH, uh, Center for Scientific Review, CSR. And uh, I had gotten in contact with them. I had started emailing the government and saying, you know, where is this information? Uh, the first thing I asked was, how many trials have been denied for vitamin D, ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine with zinc, uh, a few other things. Um, and they came back and said, you can't have that information. It's part of the, it's protected under the 1974 uh, Privacy Act. 1984. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. Basically. So if you have a system where you don't get to know denials, then the person mm -hmm. that denies or approves has total power for unchecked bias. Yeah. And if you go and look at who that person is, ultimately it does turn out to be Anthony Fauci. They <laughs> yeah. say that it goes to, um, they, they round up maybe like uh, uh, anywhere from dozens to hundreds or something of, of, uh, clinical trials to be funded they group them all together and they say well we'll do you know well, we should be able to approve all these i would be willing to bet dollars to donuts you could you could see one person's name denying all of those alternative treatments and and uh, and, and there being a i mean the the thing that really really shocked me is how obviously the fix was in straight away on these. There there were no, no double blind trials and stuff. They all had special stipulations that just completely and utterly all all all, all of these uh, experiments were only allowed to happen um, publicly if they were undermined beforehand. It felt and <laughs> very early on. Um, uh, I had, uh, been tasked with researching, um, uh, for unlimited hangout, the, uh, vaccine, uh, rollout, uh, ideas that they were having from the UK government is like, they, they, they were going to say, this is, this is what we know about the vaccine. And it was like a bit of a white paper with questions and answers. And nearly the entire thing was empty. It was no data yeah. available, no data yeah. available no data available mm -hmm. and never in history have i seen that 
And it was an, an, an in my own his, history, have I seen that? Have I seen that sort of recklessness from a society that teaches you not that recklessness like that is completely like out of bounds and is complete. So it, it, it is automatically like feels like a psychological operation, like you're getting electric shocks um, given to you. Um, and the, the people who write up these papers are not, of course, held accountable. Um, and you, you're right. The paper-wise, especially for um, these studies, a lot of it goes back up to the top and go ends up with Fauci or in the UK, Witty or Valance. <laughs> but there's another team. There are other teams behind these guys, of course. And these guys are setting down the rules. Um, hey, I like a doggo. You don't have to worry about your doggo. What type of doggo you got? Yeah. Come here. I get to see the I, dog. I don't even know what he is. He's a mutt, but he's he's a good dog. <laughs> There's a good lot of mutts. I tell yeah. you. I got um I got yeah, a chalky. A so a little bit Chihuahua, a little bit Yorkshire Terrier, so she's a little one. But I just uh come from Chile. Yeah. Oh beautiful yes. <laughs> now that is every dog in Chile has that kind of look, you know. It's yeah. uh mixed breed, really. Yeah. I, I I think it looks pretty natural. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you can see, you can see, you're definitely the owner of that dog. He's got a bit of ginger in his in his he hair. He does, too. yeah. <laughs> but um, good, good did your dog get COVID at all during the? <laughs> That's right. I mean, they they were yeah, they were plugging that. all of this. They were plugging all oh, of this. It was, it, it, this is uh, what we're talking about. We, yeah, we were talking. We, we're talking about the fix. Well, even uh, Illumina is the J. I think his name's uh, J. Flatley. I think his name is. He's um the guy who runs Illumina, and he's got loads of links all over the place, including with the, uh, I believe with the Wellcome Trust, he's got some links too. Uh, American guy, and basically they uh, are the ones who manufacture and program nearly every single one of the PCR machines. Like the majority of PCR machines, test machines, are made by one company who is in with the game. The boss is in. So they wouldn't even... uh, You could just program it to be erroneous or to do too many cycles. And that's what we discovered, isn't it? This whole whole, uh, system. So that journey, I mean, I know how it was for me, the frustrating journey of seeing how these people are just taking us for a ride and how yeah. extraordinary it was. What, what what were you stuck like at this time? Were you still working and still going out and still doing stuff normally? I haven't stopped working. <laughs> it's a, it's it's a lot. Because what, what do you do yeah. for the people at home? Because I already know. Uh, I'm actually an electrician. Uh, uh, with a maybe, bit maybe of a classical background. Yeah, with a bit of a classical background. <laughs> what, yeah. like uh, a Mozart uh, electrician? No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no just uh, schooling wise, college wise. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, but uh, the most needed, one of the most needed trades out there. So, I'm not surprised at all. Because, like I say, when I was working in the hotel uh, during lockdown, a lot of the people who were coming in to stay were uh, tradesmen um because mm-hmm. that's obviously that what what needed to go on and a lot of projects i think were probably started around that time seeing as the roads were empty and they could get yeah. probably special contracts like you had your your company or your your uh your situ in your situation um so so yeah we had so i had a i had a i had uh most of my college in biology and and uh was on track for a nursing program 
Uh, it takes years to get into a. a oh my god! A, a Could you imagine here. that so, now? Can oh, I would have got fired. I would have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Would have walked towards the door shirt. already, like so, walked uh, in yeah. and, and oh, just god, walked out. I can't believe. <laughs> yeah, saying the shit I was saying at work. No, so um, <laughs> we. Uh, I, I mean, I really loved biology, and that's part of what what this journey's been. I mean, I had taken a. Uh, the anatomy of class I took, this is how much of a nerd I am. I had uh, about 750 cumulative questions and I missed one question on the very last test and it was on the vagina. Yeah. Of <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, uh, and, and that nowadays that's a sin. Yeah, <laughs> you know <laughs> men are supposed to have vaginas nowadays. So, I mean, you should know all about uh, it. <laughs> Oh, I sorry. Yeah, I missed all that. Thank you. I'm an electrician. Thank God. Yeah, yeah. But uh, <laughs> what what do you think? I mean, before you uh, experienced all this, like I experienced all this, do you have the same feeling? I feel I because for me, it was like uh, the people of the NHS and my local health service. Though I had had loads of bad experience all through my life with health services and hospitals and stuff, I still loved them more than anything else in the world, and I still appreciated them more than anything else. And then this happened, and I saw them all dancing in the corridor, and I just felt completely. I can't even like. Uh, I I can't look at someone who's I know a doctor or a nurse without thinking, God. How yeah, have they that, managed to? They must have sold part of themselves. How do you feel about so, like? So I I had worked in so part of my history also is um, I got sober at twenty one, uh, a real bad incident, uh, knocked me straight, pretty pretty good, uh, and I was very fortunate to uh, to stay sober after that, uh, but rebuilding my life. Uh, Part of that was uh, just service, you know, trying to, I, I had been a drug and alcohol counselor for about four years, uh, low level, uh, mostly working with detox. Uh, so I got all the fun, all the fun stuff, the night shifts. And uh, you know what? That's beautiful work. I really love that. Yeah. Uh, and I, but I was also there when the, uh, the program started changing mm-hmm. and they were letting the, uh, methadone clients come in with all the totally sober clients and that was a shit show man that was really rough on everybody um and i had also worked for um uh one of the the county that i lived in their school system and i had all uh, been working with uh severely emotionally disturbed kids and it was i had had a fair share of seeing how under undervalued uh that work is how uh low priority that work is uh and how uh strapped how horribly horribly uh underprepared and undervalued those workers are uh, yeah i was working three jobs at one point 
uh, I'm in. I, trying I, to support I, myself. I I, and, I understand. Uh, <laughs> I understand fully because I I worked with autistic kids for a while, and it was uh, extraordinary to see the pressure people worked in, the long hours they worked, like twelve and a half, thirteen hours a day, um, all all, all for very low pay, while yep. the state was paying a massive amount of money to the company for yeah. looking after these kids and instead of that it's money going to the right place it's just profit 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 um so so it, it, it could be every single person there undervalued every single person yeah. some of the most wonderful people if you've got someone who works in uh care in um uh, homelessness in with alcohol yeah. and drugs rehabilitation if you've got people who do that and they can do it for more than a year two years without going yeah. insane they're a special <laughs> breed of people that yeah. need to be i uh, uh, really honored and that wasn't i i've seen that over and over again um and that's kind of why I feel a little pity for the people who were stuck in the hospitals during COVID to work there and maybe why they started to act in certain ways that looked crazy from the outside. Well, yeah. And they were, and they were being promoted as, as heroes at the same time, uh, but not. So uh, a family member of mine also works uh also worked in uh emergency department and their hands were tied they couldn't do shit the the treatments that they had didn't work uh they were totally unprepared the money that they got was squandered uh, i mean this is one of the basics you give out six trillion dollars and nobody nobody invests in surge capacity in the hospitals nothing changes it all goes down the drain. It's all gone. The hospital that that family member worked for is uh, going through a bankruptcy procedure now. Didn't, didn't matter how much money. It's 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 the corruption has eaten through every asset or every piece of society, mm -hmm. and and that's why so many people are deciding to strike out on their own and make their own societies. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. to do their own uh, systems, and it's it's going to shake out one way or another mm -hmm. over the next decade and i think it's just it's the more people we can make aware of these things the better uh, and that's one of the uh so remind me i got 20 minutes of material maybe to go through that I have to get out. That's that's the one thing I have to get out. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. Good. But I, I mean, I, I can when, stay on for a while. Well, yeah, yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Because I'm I'm a chilled person with the podcast for sure. It may be nice. um, something like six o'clock in the morning over here or something. But I don't mind about those things. I've got something uh, to smoke on. No tobacco, like I say. Times. <laughs> and, a, and a cup of tea so i'm okay um and i'm sure the people at home are, are, are feeling a sense of kinship with our situations um because uh everybody who uh has their eyes open enough to be listening to something like this now and not being angry at us uh, has experienced some form of weird loss of freedom liberty privilege or something during that time and yeah the demoralization that that uh that feeling that you can't do anything 
that so, there's nothing you can do. It's too powerful. It's too much. And they, they make a good show of it. I will say that. Do, do, did you, uh, for me, I've got uh, probably a few friends that I lost uh, uh, along the past uh, few years. Did you lose any of your your friends along that time, or were you lucky? Uh, you know, I lost most of my friends early in life mm-hmm. uh, in, a, in different unfortunate uh, fashions. Um, and that uh, possibly uh, led to uh, stronger bonds during these times. Yeah, and uh, people being able to uh, listen, if if not uh, taking any of my advice, I mean that's not really up to me. But they, no one, uh, no one I know rejected me for my views. No one that I that I speak to regularly. So I was very fortunate uh, in that aspect uh, because I was. Uh, it wasn't too long before I was very hard against yeah. uh, what was going on. Same here. Um, we I I had a habit of going into our uh, shops um with my headphones on, and and P- the security would be telling me to put masks on, and I'd be pointing at my headphone like I no, damn. no idea what you're saying, boss. No idea what you're saying. <laughs> the music is really loud, and just just keep keep, keep their gas they they be uh, uh, a I'm, I'm not it's not having to be rude but they are gaslighting by proxy on behalf of somebody else they're a proxy of gaslighting and whether they know it or not that's what they are they're a proxy of gaslighting and Mm. that was the only response i mean i had the the i had uh one of my uh i'd say one of my longest friendships uh come to a, a definite end about uh, probably three months into lockdown, most people's lockdown, and um, mm-hmm. I, I saw uh, the side of a friend who's just like I, I, I couldn't, I can't, I can't look at, I can't look at the person who would just give up so easily and walk his family and the people he love towards something because he's been told it on TV and he hasn't thought about it properly, and you try. I mean, trying to reason with people when you're astonished that they're that they're they're on this this road becomes like I found that a lot of people on our side became mad and and maybe maybe hard maybe you, you the way you described it right is like hard about everything because I became hard about everything my my housemate uh, and buddy for life my brother from another mother my my man monkey who does the auditing with me uh he was from literally day one like there's no way I am wearing a mask. <laughs> These guys, can, this, the, my man Monkey doesn't get ill. I And if he does, he's like, he'll kick it off in no time whatsoever. Touch wood. All that touch wood. But he, he's he's a pretty strong fella, always believes in himself. And and I know there was a lot of people who were hard. Um, and that's, why, that's why a lot of people lost very good friends during this period. So you seem like you were relatively lucky in a sense and and uh, one thing i would say is that maybe that's a good advice for a young person when you're in your early 20s 
to try loads of different friendship groups out and discover who are your really f- real friends and stress everything out. So maybe you could call all your, fr- all your school <laughs> friends early. Cause I always feel like you like, you made your school friends. I don't mean this. Sorry to any of my school friends that are listening, here, but, but, but like you make your school friends, like you don't have any choice. You just suddenly forced upon being yeah. sharing a space <laughs> with these people. And often when you grow up, you are completely going in a separate direction. So the people I hung around with when I, it's 18 i just don't hang around with anymore um uh, and and i i'm probably happier for it um and i love them and everything but you know what's the chances that you're really going to get on and you're really going to agree how was your view of other people during this period and how they took to your attitude and the information that you would say to them was, did you find anybody out in public who was receptive or was it basically everybody closed off? Uh, you know, I was actually, I think, uh, influential on the people that I worked with. Uh, uh, most of them are still, um, made the choice to not, vaccinate and and weren't logically minded poker electricians (laughs) and builders and stuff though aren't they i was around those guys for yeah eight eight hours a day and uh every time i learned something new it was (laughs) Ah. (laughs) out of my mouth and into their ears (laughs) that's it that's it information is the only way to actually get the the point across and you have to keep keep telling it whether people want to hear it or not especially through those times because Mm -hmm. we, we counteract in another side so, the, the, I mean, obviously, the, you are now headed towards a point where you are obviously going to have to write something down eventually. I mentioned at the start you got a substack, which is the unfleshed substack. Now, I, you're obviously going to start this off slowly because this is this is your your uh, virgin writing experience, yeah. is it? <laughs> you could say yes, it is, yeah. Yeah, well, I, I, I for for me, I know how that is. It's uh, that you you you. Uh, will have another thing that you want to describe at some point and the way you describe things get better. What w- w- tell us about the first thing that you've written in your, your sub stack. What's the idea behind it? Uh, so, so uh, the first idea actually was going to talk about um, uh, genomic integration, inadvertent genomic integration and uh, the, the way to bypass the, prep act so that's that's actually going to be my next article but i, I realized that you know a lot of people don't care anymore mm-hmm. they're they're you know they want to move past it you know get past it you know they, biden said that they'll the care again all that, yeah well and that's part of why i wrote the article that i wrote was um you we need to really be paying attention to uh the use of the widespread use of genome therapies is this is this is what they are. They changed mm-hmm. the definition in the mid teens, uh, where gene therapy could now be described as a vaccine as long as the target was different. So if the target was an antigen or uh, your body making an antibody, now it's a vaccine. The technology is no different whatsoever so Mm -hmm. they made that definition change like all good you know or or well (laughs) devotees probably so Mm -hmm. uh they made that definition change uh and many other definition changes 
guideline changes, things like that, on the run-up to now. And that was very specific. And this, oh, it was all just for, you know, the virus and, you know, just this one vaccine and things like that. This is much bigger. The mRNA platform is a trillion, trillion dollar platform. They're, they're planning on using this stuff. Uh, one of the, one of the things I came across was an, an mRNA douche. Yeah, or AIDS. I, 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 I don't know if you I read saw, that. I, yeah, yeah, I did. And I, mean, I had to double check because I thought you were just like, I thought randomly at first. I, 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 well, when I read articles, I read articles in like three, four different ways because <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm a researcher and investigative journalist. Mm-hmm. I do like a scan first, then I do a separate look at like sort of like things that are in the article, yeah. uh, like, like images and stuff that are in the article. And then I go i I read the whole article and so when i saw douche and (laughs) i thought you were just insulting fauci or something Uh, and and it it was only when i got round to it that i i I realized the context that it was an actual douche you're talking about yeah they okay, call so, it an aerosol, but you you spray it into your vagina or your birthing canal. One, one, one. A lady <laughs> yeah. does do that, or uh, Dylan Mulvaney yeah, yeah, yeah. does do that. <laughs> no, no, he doesn't. Um, <laughs> so let's not get off topic here. Yeah, <laughs> it's dangerous, oh. dangerous, but but still. <laughs> um, so they're going to look at all different ways and what explain to people why this technology is so dangerous then uh so it's uh the technology itself uh was always in my opinion it should have always been used for very very specific rare problems you can't make a protein Here's something that's risky or riskier than, you know, other therapies, but may solve your problem of like, you're missing a gene. You you can't make a protein. You might not make it till 10, you know, and that's what a lot of these um, gene therapies were made for. Uh, and I've sat through FDA meetings where they're talking about, you know, um, adeno associated vectors, how they use them. To integrate, but some of the kids get liver cancer. Things. These are supposed to be in uh, development for decades or, or ten years, because risk of integration uh, and 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 other problems uh, they have always existed. You know, I, I did one of my earlier tweets was uh, his name is Jesse Gelsinger. This was the first kid who died from uh, advector vaccines, the adenovirus uh, vector vaccines. He's the first kid that died from it. Had other other uh, kids that were injured in that trial, but he died. He died from multiple organ failure, just like you see happen sometimes. Uh, but he chose to take that massive risk. He made that choice knowing that it was experimental, knowing that there was all these problems that could happen, uh, where no one got that chance because we were told those things specifically couldn't happen. And that that's where I believe that you actually have a case for willful misconduct to bypass the PREP Act. 
I don't know if you'd find a, a judge that would make it happen, but the fact remains these mechanisms of integration were known and very, very specifically lied about, fraudulently lied about to the entire population. And I go into more later about that, but um, it's not just the integration. I do still believe that that's more rare. Normal side effects are going to be more common, much more common. Uh, The heart damage is insane. I, I can't even understand. I can't even so, understand how people can just uh, not 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 realize how important that is. Like it, it, yeah. it is it is uh, emblematic. It is broken heart. You're you're yeah. you're breaking people's heart. Literally, it's the most <laughs> hurtful thing you could do. Um, sorry, go on. Yeah, that's well. I mean, I have a couple different little theories about why uh, the younger people get it more. Uh, but the Thailand study was the first study that came out. And I had been asking, I had been hitting the CDC over and over and over again, uh, you know, hitting anyone that was talking about the vaccines and saying, you need pre versus post vaccination cardiac troponin study. And cardiac troponins are enzymes that are released when heart muscle cells die. Uh, so, it's a, it's a marker that you get when someone has a heart attack and you say, well, they're complaining of chest pain, take a blood draw, see if they have this in it, and you'll know whether or not there was a certain amount of cell death for the heart. So what they found in this Thailand study of 300 kids, uh, ages 13 to 18, you had uh, seven of them with abnormal heart problems, I believe. Uh, and if I remember right, it's five, five of those 300 had actual elevated troponin levels. They were having heart cell death. And then they, they bring in this whole nonsense and say, well, it's just, uh, you know, you get that sometimes with viruses too, whatever. It's like, Jesus Christ. It was somewhere around 2%. 2%. They hit the fallacy button, don't they? They hit the fallacy yeah, it's, button. It's, oh my God, it's nuts. So 2% of kids on their second shot were receiving heart damage. <clears throat> Another study came out. This one I haven't been able to find. It's probably behind a paywall. Peter McCullough um, references that it. it was also over 2% uh, for uh, middle age, not not the youngest, but 20 to, 20 to 30, somewhere around there. Uh, I, I believe I might be wrong on that, but his quote was, over 2% as well. And then uh, I had contacted the only other person that I could find online uh, who did a study. His name was Dr. Tal Hassan out of Israel. And he did fourth shot um, in Israel with healthcare workers. And the age range was, you know, 30 to 60 or something, somewhere around there. But his uh, rate was still 0.68, 0.68, somewhere around there, uh, close close to one percent. So you're still you're still talking about every time you get a shot at the low end, let's say 0.75, are getting heart damage. That is uh, insane. That's to, a to, huge to, pre- to prevent against a, like a a a point 
two or something chance of getting covid and then then whatever fraction of likelihood that you'd have an extreme case that would actually cause you something which is then infinitesimally small yeah and it just still doesn't stop you from getting sick i know people that i just talked to a co-worker recently uh who got covid got the vaccine got sick worse after the vaccine not not from the vaccine, but got COVID again after the vaccine and felt like shit. So he he got he had all of those risk factors. There's an F young. word. There's an F <laughs> word you could use, but yeah, he got. Oh my god! And so uh, these when uh, yeah, disregard what your eyes and ears are telling you is the final order of the party or whatever whatever that phrase is in 1984 when you're telling me that my child could have a 2% chance of heart damage <laughs> and you're telling me to not to, to just throw caution to the wind, except if I get, let's just take it like this. If I got sick in the middle of the pandemic with COVID, I got everything paid for. You know, I got, I got work was covered. Uh, you know, you got help, uh, hospitals, I, I believe certain, certain places, but if I get hit from the vaccine, you get nothing. Mm-hmm. There's currently over 11,000 COVID-19 post-vaccination claims for the CICP, the countermeasures injury compensation program, over 11,000, they have adjudicated 706 and it's considered denied. that it's something like one percent actually report something wrong as well so you got and these the are just yeah these are just the people that yeah a small that are amount. actually seeking compensation yeah so out of those 706 that have been uh actually looked at and and made a decision on 684 whatever it's really close to those numbers 684 have been uh, denied. Three, and this was as of April 1st, three have been compensated. Wow. Out of 11,000 something. Do you think that's because they're trying to... They're put, trying to put a distance between the time relative and the compensation. Is Because uh, that's what uh, I think one <clears> of their tactics is. Yeah, well, yeah. If you burn people out, they just give up most of the time. But I mean, this—they've been doing this since the 1986 Act. This is the same, same um, shtick that they've yeah. been running since the 86 Act, when when it just turned into shit. You, you can't have immunity from liability. It's like uh, going and ask. Go, I'm going to go to prison and go ask somebody to you know hold my money for me. It's, it's mm-hmm. the stupidest. I mean, come yeah, on. Yeah. These guys make money off of fraud constantly. Mm-hmm. Why would we? It's it's baffling how people can take these drug manufacturers at their word. It's in, uh, impossible it. to it's understand. Nuts. Impossible to understand. I spent a lot of the pandemic with my. I cross-eyed. I can't even try to go cross-eyed, and I I, I could go cross-eyed during the pandemic because it was just completely and utterly unbelievable. These, um, 
the the people were kind of worshiping on Facebook for for about a day and a half, two days when the vaccine rollout started. I watched Facebook. Um, I'd never go on Facebook like I, yeah. I've I've I put a post up once upon a time that probably no one's read saying um, uh, I'm just not really going to go on here every now and again I'm going to post something but I'm just not going to read anything that's written here at all so I'm just not going to partake just post something and leave and that's yeah, the absolutely. only relationship you will get with me on Facebook is that you can see the information but likelihood it's a there's a, a at least a 33% chance that that information will be deleted by Facebook anyway so yeah. uh, very quickly you can't run adverts on that or anything but when I was watching uh, Facebook it was just sickening to see these guys who were all people I'd known all throughout my life were kind of like worshiping this jab thing. Yeah, just got mine done. Yeah, just got mine done. Yeah, me too. Me too. Pfizer, Pfizer, <laughs> Moderna, and this whole like you know uh, idea that that they were cool for trusting these yeah. guys who are some of the most evil people in the world, yeah. and in every other situation. Like, we had just gone through Brexit in Britain, and everybody hated and mistrusted politicians on all sides by the end of it. So yeah. once a, once COVID happened, it was suddenly, oh, what's going on here? Why is everybody trusting Boris Johnson all of a sudden? Yeah. They're standing outside their house and clapping alongside politicians and not going, these are maniacs. Why are you listening yeah, that's, to and... We know something dodgy's going on and we need to stop whatever's happening right now and have other people review it because you know this is dodgy. Well, no one's going to do that. They did slip into this normality. I mean, it was quite sickening to see that whole standing outside clapping in Britain and stuff. And what that's... I found really interesting, it was in um in China, uh, very early on when they started doing the lockdowns in China, people were really angry about the lockdown. So they were standing outside their window, clapping and banging stuff and shouting. And it was reported as protests. And I think they thought if we get everybody to clap, then people won't be clapping, won't be able to clap in anger. They'll think it's always about positive stuff. So there was lots of psyops at play um, all around the place. And I found the whole the whole thing an extraordinary experiment on humanity. And where where do you think they want to take us? Well, I mean, I don't even know if they have the best idea of where they want to take us. I think they some of it's just winging it at this point, seeing how far we'll go. But uh, when you're when you were talking about that switch from, you know yelling about how corrupt politicians or farmer was the uh it is the promotion of scientism and the the, the cult-like nature but also the um again i'm going to reference illich i'm going to read his part of his medical nemesis where they speak about this this was in 74 he wrote this he said today the medical establishment is about to reclaim the right to perform miracles. Medicine claims the patient, even when the etiology is uncertain, the prognosis unfavorable, and the therapy of an experimental nature. Under these circumstances, the attempt at a medical miracle can be a hedge against failure, since miracles may only be hoped for and cannot, by definition, be expected. The radical monopoly over healthcare 
that the contemporary physician claims now forces him to reassume priestly and royal functions that his ancestors gave up when they became specialized as technical healers. The medicalization of the miracle further provides insight into the social function of terminal care. The patient is strapped down, controlled like a spaceman, and then displayed on television. These heroic performances serve as a rain dance for millions, a liturgy in which realistic hopes for autonomous life are transmuted into the delusion that doctors will deliver health from outer space. Holy hell in an absolute handbag, I think would be the correct selection of words to say about that, because that, that yeah. I, I mean, if I was to, and I may do this, if I was to read that over and over again and study that, I had like a certain, I had like a certain wave of emotion started off differently than it was in the middle and it was of the, the, the end. But one of the, the, that, the, the imp the impulses you have at the uh, 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 an idea is quite amazing and that you know w when when i've been studying uh the welcome trust and other people who have been uh like jeremy farrar uh, edward holmes the british contingents who have been behind mm -hmm. the, the curtain uh getting the puppets ready to play um when i've been watching these guys there seems to be uh, a whole like um, feeling of mysticism behind a lot of what they do. Uh, I, I realize that there's an order of it. So, so there's a selection of orders. So like it, it, there's basically it's hermeticism in some way because it's people trying to best themselves within a certain ethical and moral paradigm. Um, and that feels like it's hermetic orders like the Royal Society in the UK, <laughs> who are the, all of the old retired doctors who decide um, uh, or who in the back rooms have more powers than the politicians and the people on the, the front lines because they're doing everything in the shadows. So people go to them. The politicians go to them to get things done. The people, uh, directors, the top people at the hospital go to them to get things done. And they go and they find other people to do their stuff people who aren't accountable people who aren't attached people like who are in the welcome trust and the like um all royal society members that were involved in this and you get a feeling that these people are uh, an, a magic order they feel like a magic order only a certain yeah. amount of people can join you can only uh, join if you get invited um you get only a couple of foreigners are allowed to join the royal society one's elon musk <laughs> of course is a member of the royal society and you've got uh bill bryson is actually a member of the royal society got a couple of his books behind me he's a funny boy funny boy but but it always makes me suspicious when they're part of these orders because there is yeah. that wonderful um sense of mysticism that has captivates people into the fairy tale and gives people a narrative that they can connect to that allows them to drop their inhibitions because they're those inhibitions are something that were that they, they were able to let go of when they were young and they were able to let go for the fairy tale to enjoy it to be part of it to uh to just imagine there's so much about that um the imagineers nowadays this next yeah. generation they're just they're making things up and they, they they say it over and over again until they believe it's true and that is very much like cultish acts actions there's a lot of this um 
to it so i understand that i'm i'm i find it i i find it really interesting that that's the direction it's gone that when we get a lack of and and i'm not the most religious person i i speak to a lot of people who are religious um i believe in like a universal flow i believe in something like karma uh, you know balance that's what i see all around me and nearly everything there's the extreme ends and there's the center and it all seems to balance and it makes sense like that to me so that's how i i see my world around but it's like once you get this flux of this pull out of religious belief out of society suddenly you get another uh form of religion pop up and this is the religion of science mm -hmm. and we know it's yeah. becoming and we're in the religion of medicine and they can do loads of woo woo to make you well um but in actual fact they're making you sick all time and this absolutely these are these are still belief systems uh if you were to ask and, and they were to answer honestly how how the human body works. Uh, fundamentally, there's still probably more that we don't know than we know. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, they're uh, always finding new little things. Uh, it, it's it's no different than anything else. Uh, you can break things down smaller and smaller and smaller and just keep finding more uh and i don't know what about the universe that is maybe it's just uh <clears throat> a constant uh journey of some kind mm -hmm. uh, if you choose to take it or choose to not take it uh, uh but the the funny part about the cultish stuff is that any asshole being given the same information can know what they know it's all about secrecy and unaccountability and, and, and not uh, and understanding the power in deception, the power in manipulation, uh, the power in taking the psychology of a trusting person and using it for you and your benefit. And there is human nature that, that tells you to do that at times. And I think the trend transcending that for, uh, I don't know if I want to say altruism, but uh, when you know that the person standing across from you looks at you and only wants the best for you, and it doesn't mean they're going to be nice all the time. It doesn't mean they're going to, they're going to, you know, blow smoke in your ass, but when you know that they want the best for you, that's where we need to be. If you want to look at Jeremy Farrar or Anthony Fauci and you think that those people want the best for you, holy shit, you, you're, you're too far gone maybe. Mm -hmm. uh, but you need to find and seek out people that, uh, that are those people. They're yeah. hard to find sometimes, but that's... Um, that's part of the demoralization. That's part of breaking us apart. That's part of standing six feet away from each other, not trusting anyone because you're going to get them sick, uh, not trusting them because, oh, maybe they're fucking on the wrong side of the political spectrum. All, all these all these things that divide us are uh, very, very purposeful. Uh, 
They work I mean, too. I, I, I fall. I at times I fall from too. I mean, I, I, I I've had uh, loads of experience in the past. I, I worry now. I worry now. Something's happening now that is worrying me. Is uh, uh Robert F. Kennedy runs for president all of a sudden, and there's a whole wave, and I, I feel the wave straight away. I, I already knew it yeah. was kind of coming. I already oh, yeah. could feel it. Um, I, I'm, I'm well deep with, I mean, I've, I've, uh, co-hosted a, um, a children's health defense show the other day and stuff. So I, obviously that's like Robert F. Kennedy territory, but I feel a wave. And whenever I feel a wave, I always mistrust the wave. And then yeah. afterwards I always look and say, I was right to mistrust the wave. But yeah. the pull, first of, of all, is intense. There's a pull towards it. So I automatically want to do what i hear all around me which is listen to yeah, the yeah. inspiring voice in the room but the inspiring voice in the room is nearly always nowadays the power trying to inspire you to follow it um and, and, and i'm not and, and i'm not saying that uh robert f kennedy is a terrible person because uh, i mean most of the he seems like a very nice guy there's the epstein flights that i can't uh, uh really <laughs> uh understand but but and there's the 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 fact that he's got some cia people on his his team and married <laughs> to his son or whatnot that's it that's that's got, got a little bit worried about that so um i, I hope i hope the best for him but uh, uh to be to be totally honest you 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 throw in with the democratic party you, you're fucked yeah. They proved that already. I mean, yeah, yeah, I know. I know. So, you're so gonna, you're, you're going to have to. So you'll, you'll have to. You'll, you you, yeah, but he, I mean, that's <laughs> it. So, so, so people will be leaning Republican, and people will be going um, that way. So, whoever is ends up being the Republican uh, uh, Party nomination is nearly definitely going to be uh, the winner. But the route there, yeah. there's history. It likes to repeat itself, and uh, you know, there's so many reasons I feel like afraid for society and i feel very attached to america you know i i feel very attached to america <laughs> i actually live uh, a, a very american lifestyle in the fact i wake up when people in america wake up and i go to sleep when people <laughs> in america go to sleep even though i live in a completely different time zone because i'm a bit of a night owl so 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 i i kind of like i've always been since the internet age especially i've been w uh, one with americans and of course the focus that 9 11 gave everybody um was just intense especially my experience was just like i just i wanted to know everything i wanted to understand everything and for that you have to understand how america works and then you realize that you don't really understand it's it's still an organism in a sense that's forming its roots and putting down its 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 uh sort of mark on each part of the country and it's looking slightly different it doesn't look all the same all the way around and so you get this massive divide and there's such a big there's such a big uh it's such a big divide that there's going to be a very stark choice coming up in the American elections. And I don't think either side will be something you want to look at or you want to vote for. Because <laughs> that's yeah. the end of those days. It's the end of those days. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, um, I'm very pessimistic about all of this. So the science, uh, the scientists, the scientific institutions, the political institutions, um, the just uh, policy institutes, 
all of them seem completely inertly corrupted now after years and years of existence everything <clears throat> becomes corrupt in the end and so now they are running at full capacity um and the only thing that can change is are the things that we're not allowed to speak about so yeah. um i mean what what have you found just so we're coming up to the end now what 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 have you found that has been hardest to be able to get your voice out and speak? Because I mean, we're both on on Twitter, so we would have been targeted by the Alliance for Securing Democracy or whatever in the GMF with their Hamilton sixty eight well, and we our voices. So I did, <laughs> I did get uh, permanently suspended uh, for uh, asking about those troponin studies. Uh, that happened in uh, last summer. Uh, they, uh, I just kept asking because. Uh, if you remember right, I think it was a Project Veritas clip that came out. They had a Pfizer guy, and uh, they said they were doing an internal study on troponin. And uh, they're late on that, by the way. So the subclinical uh, myocarditis study was postponed. So that should have been done in December of this year. And they fucked that up. And it's about as easy as a study as you can do. You get a thousand people uh, take blood before you take blood two more, three more times. Uh, and that's it. Easy, e easiest thing you can do. Uh, and they're postponing it as far off as they can. I'd be, I'd be surprised if they even ever fucking submit it at this point. <clears throat> but uh, I kept asking, I said, Hey, CDC, you know, run this study. Why, why haven't you run this study yet? We know that it, it has uh, a problem since May 2021. You know, where where's the fucking study? It's easy. Just do it. You know, there's children getting this shot right now. It's unbelievable, uh, isn't it? And then I think, yeah, within a week uh, or two, they come out with that Thailand study showing that the kids were about 2% um, at risk for heart damage. And I could, I mean, I couldn't say shit. I was off Twitter. I didn't have a presence anywhere else. I mean, maybe that, I mean, part of that's my fault, but uh, it, it was, you know, just pissing in the wind for a while after that. Mm -hmm. uh, Musk got back in. I probably submitted a couple dozen little things. Once Musk said, everyone's going to be let back. I said, Hey, like I didn't do anything. I, I, I literally was asking the government a question. Please do a study to keep us safe. <laughs> That's what I got suspended for. Fucking kidding me. So um, <clears throat> we're fortunate that we're back on, uh, even as limited hangout as it is. Uh, uh, there's, I still there's still there's still a lot of shenanigans I think going on at Twitter, but at least there's yeah. something. Uh, and it's um, that. That's just horrible because it's on the face of it. You see that it's damage. It's happening every time. Um, mm -hmm. The one that the one that I want to talk about the most, because I believe that it's it's an actual solution, uh, is genomic integration. Uh, for the mRNA shots, they'll call it uh, retroposition. It's it's a bunch of different words, but <clears throat> the best study to look up for anyone listening is uh, a study. Uh, by Tomislav Loso, I believe is his name, and he wrote, "Why is uh, retroposition being ignored uh, for these mRNA vaccines?" 
and he basically outlined the fact that retroposition happens in everything, in, in, in everyone. It's always happened. Uh, it is the thing that broke what biology called the central dogma, which was DNA uh, gets translated into mRNA and then uh, transcribed, translated, whatever. goes from DNA to mRNA to protein. And that's how we're made. That's that's how we're coded and made. And uh, They said you couldn't reverse that. They called it a dogma, of course, because all dogmas usually end up being wrong. So when, uh, when they found that out, that you can go in reverse, the first, the first study that I could find that actually gave a rate of retroposition uh, was in 1995 uh, by a guy's name was Maestre, uh, and he showed that basically it can happen at any time. Any mRNA, any time, could possibly go and revert back into your genome somewhere else. Uh, I don't know if you know who Vincent Racaniello is, but I caught him on a podcast. He's a he's a professor. He does this week in virology. Uh, influential in virology world. I probably, um, I probably have watched him. You know, it's, yeah. I, if you, you watch know, so, much, but... so if you know the the scene where he's talking to, uh, oh God, Peter Dazak. He had Peter Dazak on before the <laughs> pandemic, and uh, they're talking, sitting down, talking. He he talks to all these guys, right? Uh, you know, Ralph Barrick. Uh, a bunch of guys on the papers of the ones that are the debunkers of all this stuff. Yeah. And so he talks to all those people. Uh, uh, and he even said in December, 2020, any MRNA can integrate, can reintegrate into you anything. Uh, and I said, Holy shit. What? You know, cause I had already come across the CDC's claim saying, doesn't interact with your DNA in any way. That was their claim. And they had to make that claim because you can't be throwing a gene therapy out to people when they think it'll fuck up your DNA. Now, even if it doesn't go into your, uh, into your uh, gametes or into your uh, cells that are for procreation, it doesn't go into your germline cells. If it lands in the wrong spot, you could get cancer. Most people, I think, are probably healthy enough to fight it off, just like like any normal cancer showing up anywhere. These processes happen all the time. It's it's normal. What's not normal is synthetic mRNA, modified synthetic mRNA, or uh, these. And the DNA's same thing. You get DNA into your cell. It has a chance of integrating. They've known that forever. So that same same problem. Johnson and Johnson, AstraZeneca, Moderna, Pfizer, doesn't matter. Any of these has a chance to integrate. And they likely integrate in every single shot thousands of times. Minimal would be my guess. Th that those uh, those data are also changing. 
guy out of Max Planck Institute uh, went and said uh, it's happening about a thousand times more often than we thought it did. Retroposition, that is. So three orders of magnitude greater. And they're still under the impression that it, it's not happening. Mm-hmm. My suggestion is we know this is happening. If you ask the top people in the field, does this happen? They will say yes. They will also say it's not a problem. Well, who the fuck is anyone to tell me it's not a problem? It's my goddamn genes. Mm -hmm. It's my kids' genes. It's insane. It's the genes of every animal that you put it into, every plant that you put it into. Who the fuck are you? And they'll say, well, science, science. No. These things need to be rolled back until you really understand what the fuck's going on, which we haven't done. Nobody's done widespread use of gene therapy over and over and over and over again, ever. Mm-hmm. The only studies that I found where they did multiple gene therapies, mind you, this was consecutively. They had, I mean, seven doses, everything in the vial was dead or everything on the plate was dead. You know, seven doses done. Uh, I think that was before they started using the pseudouridine shit. But same thing. You have receptors. You have um, pattern, pattern recognition receptors that recognize mRNA, DNA, stuff like that, foreign particles, and will trigger certain effects, like Jesse Gelsinger mm-hmm. triggered certain effects, multiple organ failure. He's dead. Uh, so all of these all these things were known. Now they were able to get by. They're able to get by on everything. All of the unknown side effects, uh, because they were able to say, you know, there's always risk to everything. The Prep Act covers all that. that it's unbelievable the level of protection that the prep act gives they give one exception and that's willful misconduct you have to prove intent which is very very difficult to do especially under those circumstances what they did was provably lie because they knew retroposition happens they know Random integration happens with the DNA vaccines, and they still openly lied about it. Bald-faced lie. They do not interact with the DNA in any way. Right on the CDC's website. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's on <clears throat> Johnson & Johnson stuff. It says these are classified as non-integrated. And they might be able to pull some bullshit as far as well, we followed the FDA guidelines, and this is one of the things in their guidelines. If there's less than 30,000 copies of the gene that we put into you inside of your cell after a certain amount of time, uh, then it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Classified is not integrated, right? Even if it integrated. So they, through the, the last decade, have set up a system where even if you are damaged and harmed, they're going to try and skate by by saying, 
Well, we followed the FDA guidelines. It was classified as non-integrating. The terminology is not the same. I don't give a shit. You said these could not interact with the DNA in any way. On your, on your site, the message to the public was this. There was never a disclosure that integration was possible. And that was on purpose. Huge fucking profits made. Huge. Mm-hmm. Pfizer made $100 billion. Is that what it's at now? $100 billion fucking dollars. That we know Isn't that of. more than most countries? Yeah. I mean, that's... So there's obvious um, intent to deceive for profit. Willfully ignoring a known risk, a known risk that causes great harm and an an even bigger unknown harm of widespread use. And now, I mean, I can't say if it's causing the turbo cancers or whatever, but my suggestion is Anyone who's gotten that, uh, a cancer, new, new onset cancer, post-vaccination uh, by any of those gene therapy vaccines, get a biopsy if, you, if you're able to. Get a biopsy of that cancer tissue, sequence it, and see if you find the vaccine-specific uh, uh, code. They actually left a fingerprint in they called it the two proline mutation the two amino acid change that is different in all vaccines that we have from natural infection so you cannot say one is the other Mm -hmm. so if you find that code you have proven integration again proving this in court uh, that would be dangerous. Yeah. I'm not going to lie about that. You're talking about cutting out uh, trillions of dollars mm-hmm. by saying these integrate, don't listen, mRNA program stops. That's in my head. Maybe I'm grandiose. Sure, fine. But <laughs> once that would get out and it's provable, then things can change. And to be honest, I'm not expecting a court win. Things are things are beyond corrupt. Yeah. But if you can get that entered into court documents, no gag order, any of that shit, then <clears throat> you can be you can begin to open people's eyes and say, these things in your food supply, these things in your plants, certainly not in your children, uh, no more. Yeah. You know, use them for what they were supposed to, maybe have that discussion you know someone who can't make a protein won't reach 12 give it a shot i'm all for it a fucking respiratory virus Mm -hmm. that they knew it wouldn't stop infection i mean that was basic you got a tennis court worth of surface area you're saying you're going to block an infection that's fucking nonsense Mm -hmm. that was always it was always ridiculous um but if this was possible to be proven, this is the way to bypass the PREP Act. The bypass to say, you know, countermeasure injuries protection, I mean, or countermeasures compensation program. Get the fuck out of here. 
I don't need your $5,000 for my heart damage. I'm going to go straight to <laughs> bypass. I'm going to mm-hmm. sue Pfizer. I'm going to sue the CDC because they told me this was impossible and they knew it wasn't. They knew I could get cancer. They knew I could get these other issues. And they, they said it was impossible. That's the intent. That's willful misconduct. And that's the only thing, that's the only way I see that anyone actually being able to successfully sue. Do you say. think um do you think mRNA technology will ever be ready? Do you think it's a winner? No. To to be honest, I think the uh the downsides of uh of well I, again this is a use case. If you're gonna if you know that you're you're fucked, right? You're gonna die by you know before 20 or you can try this thing you know maybe someday down the road you'll get cancer but you'll make it to 40 probably those are those are reasonable scenarios to use things uh but for the applications that they are rolling these things out for heart disease fucking uh cytomegalovirus who, who the fuck even knows about cytomegalovirus but they're gonna they're gonna make you a vaccine for it and you're gonna need it <laughs> right yeah, so, yeah uh you got all these things coming out they uh, they got all the woo-woo they can EDV, make all yeah. of the woo-woo it's and just... they're they they will uh do everything they can to make sure they prosper mm-hmm because that's yes, definitely that's what is a, a, one of the primary drivers for something like this. Yeah. You know, and especially when you convince yourself, oh man, look at all the, oh, we said, look at that study that put out, we saved, you know, 20 million fucking people. Oh, we're so great. No, you didn't. The, the places that didn't use the vaccine, most of them did better. Yeah. So what the fuck are you talking about? I'm I'm sorry. I am I am willing I am willing to to say um that maybe uh there's a chance that mRNA technology in the future is gonna be a winner, but it's (laughs) nowhere near ready and that's what's being forced upon us. And I'm willing to accept that maybe if they were more careful and I, I remember for um 10, 15 years before the pandemic, seeing lots of news stories on the BBC and the like where some kid had some inoperable tumor or some sort of growth that was killing the, the child or there's some sort of like sob story about someone's sad life about them being extremely in a really bad situation and trying to get from Britain or America and go to uh, some Eastern European country so that they could have gene therapy. Um, and, you know, there's this feeling like, oh, it's so important for them to be able to have that opportunity to try. And I can always, I, I can understand that, but we know, we know that the money wouldn't be in there because it'd be too expensive to test out only on just certain people and test only certain things. But they try and they try and act like uh, mRNA technology is like tailor-made. And it's obviously not, especially not <laughs> if you're using it en masse. Um, it's not tailor-made at all. Though some people would argue that um, different vaccines were sent to different places around uh, my own country in Britain or different 
types of vaccines, different batch numbers with different uh, reactions to um, or amount of reactions to them. Uh, that could be argued, of course. I think that could also be something to do with storage. Um, a lot of it is probably to do with storage and defrosting. Those processes, I think, make this technology just nowhere near possible of being ready. And it sounds like too much hard work anyway, the whole thing. But it's been forced upon us. It's been forced upon us. We've wa- we, we watched it happen. And however much we say, however much your voice is sensible, where you say to, to stop doing this with this technology look at all of these different uh d- different things and mean it it's, it's not a good technology it's not ready they, they're still going to move forward and they seem like they're dead behind the eyes um yeah so so what, what's your plan with your substack because like you say it's unfleshed substack so what, what, what what's yeah. your plan with it then uh well that that's uh that is the next article i, I plan on uh coming out with and it is uh much more science heavy. Uh, it, the sounds like you enjoy that. It, sounds like you in it. I, I do very much. Yeah, uh, some of that stuff is is uh, fascinating, and uh, one of the one of the things I uh, am very proud of during the pandemic is is finding all of these uh, different remedies uh different things to help i i myself did uh a nebulized silver treatment on my second round of covid and i i usually get bronchitis whenever i get a bad cold and i I felt it start coming on getting that real hard cough glass chest feel um and second treatment done it was it was i didn't cough anymore really a couple coughs here and there but when I get bronchitis, it's usually for a week. And I was, I was blown away by that mm-hmm. one. Uh, and I'm not saying to everybody just go do it. I mean, I did uh, quite a bit of research, got the dosage right, uh, and uh, it worked for me. So uh, there's things like that. Uh, all, all of the... Uh, Olive leaf extract, uh, different types of. I mean, when uh, when monkeypox was coming out, I says, "Oh, well, you know how the fuck do they deal with this?" Uh, Theracinia purpura, which is a is a purple pitcher plant, actually mm-hmm. works on most pox virus. <laughs> so we picked that up. Uh, it works for mouth sores and shit like that. It's it's just nuts. There's so much. Uh, that already exists. And this is what, this is what's already been done. Pharmaceutical companies, this is what they do. They go out into nature and they find what works and they take it out and they put it in their lab and they patent it and make a shit ton of money. It's already out there. Mm-hmm. We have to go back and, and figure out application. Yeah. How to, how to get these things clean and apply them uh, in a decentralized way where we're not, we're not, I don't want to be put on a fucking respirator. On yeah, a ventilator. agreed. I I think that what what might be a really good idea with that is to make an opposing opposing structure that 
holds the opposite values to the dying structure. So they currently have like um, papers and science and all of these different things that they manipulate and lie about and they, they twist all of the studies so that it meets their ends and comes up with their uh, the results that they want. Um, I think we have to start maybe looking at these other treatments and running studies on them, proper studies, and having proper uh, control around those uh, groups that are involved in the study so that we can uh, combat bad science with good science. Uh, I think that's one of the, 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 the strengths of the independent voices out there is that they're willing to take on big ideas. And that's what censorship was really all aimed at is taking away people who could offer an alternative with a big idea and of course um <laughs> we all we all we all at times we all think we're right but sometimes yeah. we know we're right sometimes we know we're right and then it's hard to understand how the other side feels or what what, what is going on and what i saw through all of this time was a lot of people who had a lot of fear about the future and where yep. we're going and that was given to them on purpose <coughs> well thank you listen I, I i'm gonna end it we've been we've been uh going for about uh nearly two hours i think yeah <laughs> um i would say that that uh people are gonna enjoy this are gonna like that so so matt can you tell people where they can find you uh let's see if i can even remember it uh the substack is uh bellerophon.substack dot com uh b-e-l-l-e-r-o-p-h-o-n uh at substack or dot substack dot com um the yeah the the name is it's a nerd thing but unfleshed is the substack page name and uh twitter handle is at weekly rich uh w-e-e-k-l-y it was a dumb satire name uh started right before the pandemic hit so it didn't really well, yeah, all, all you gotta do is brand it right, kid, and you could <laughs> yeah. make it to the you could make it to the moon. You'll be rich yeah, before just, you know it. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, Rich People Weekly is the other the other uh, Twitter, but uh, that's where you can find me, and uh, that's about it. Yeah, man. Well, thanks for coming on and telling me some information that uh, I I I did not know. I mean, I I'm trying to understand science, but I I mean understanding uh, things like how things integrate, what the technology looks like. We 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 have to find people who understand how to explain the science to us simpletons, so that we can get it out there more. And we can explain it to someone else. It's not really understand. You don't really have to know all of the words to know how something works, and it's really important to have that described to you. So thanks for Absolutely. coming on Newspace Podcast. Um, Absolutely, and thank you. We'll see you soon.